What is up, my love, and welcome back to the 1% Women podcast. I am joined with a beautiful guest here in today's episode, the one and only Cassie Kovacs. Cassie is a spiritual life coach, a trauma-informed life coach who works specifically with high-achieving women to holistically heal their trauma. Cassie is also the host of her own podcast called Grow More Good, which I was actually guested on, and we had such an incredible conversation over there. I know that you guys are just going to eat up today's conversation over here. Cassie was... Cassie got deep. Cassie got vulnerable. Cassie just spit some some juicy wisdom for you guys in today's episode. She has made it her mission to be the voice for the voiceless, and I think that she is a perfect embodiment of that. She is such a beautiful and safe soul here who's ready to have the tougher conversations around things like shame and trauma, so that's what we dive into in today's episode. We demystify and normalize shame and trauma. We break down the emotional spectrum, the ways that shame can manifest when you are subconsciously suppressing it, how to find safety within your shame so that you can move through them, release them, and fully heal it, raising your energetic frequency to feel the depths of things like love and peace and joy. We share different rituals that are going to help you recognize what's going on internally to clear out some of that inner clutter that you may just be calling anxiety. We answer this controversial question of should you claim your mental challenges like anxiety and depression. We also talk about the controversial topic of therapy. And last but not least, the most freeing and the best part of the conversation is really just giving you full permission to start to reclaim your power by being fully seen in your vulnerability. So I'm so excited for you guys to give today's episode a listen. And without further ado, let's dive right in. All right, Cassie, welcome to the 1% Woman podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. There are so many good, juicy topics and heavy topics, honestly, that I am excited to dive into today with you. Um, it was has been so cool to be introduced to you through the grapevine of all the different things. And I feel like I've watched your journey from afar and been able to also experience the gifts that you do have uh, with serving in different like masterclass group coaching settings. So it's going to be really cool to pick your brain and get a little bit deeper with things here. Um, But before I do, I obviously have introduced you already the formal lowdown, but hearing from you in your own words, who are you? What do you do? And more importantly, why, why do you do it? Yeah, well, thank you so much for that. I I feel like it's been the same, just kind of like watching from afar. So I I'm really happy that we get to connect, and um, I'm just happy to be here. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a trauma informed life coach. I'm from the states, and I'm now based in Puerto Vallarta. Um, I help women. <laughs> I know I still can't believe I it. I don't know if that's where you were in Mexico because that's where the retreat was that I went on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my God. I haven't been to that spot yet, but that's on my list before we leave is to go take a visit there because it's yeah. amazing. Chiolani was amazing. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, but I work with women in particular to heal from trauma. I really like to go deep into like sexual assault trauma and just like reframing your past in general to really just like take back your life it's it's something that a lot of us kind of carry along with us is trauma in general and we don't know how much it's really affecting us because Mm -hmm. it absolutely is it's like such uh the, the root of trauma is just such a deep such a deep pain that when we just kind of dismiss it it plays out like no other Mm -hmm. um so i really like to 
trace back to the root and untangle the un untangle the root system from from the back and work our way forward and see how we can make so many shifts in your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so powerful. And I'm excited to dive a little bit into trauma today and really talk about what that looks like. Because I know before I started my healing journey, I was so naive to how powerful trauma actually is, what trauma even is. And yeah, it it's definitely was a very sensitive word. I think it's a very, very sensitive word. And so I just really want to, in this conversation, break down the walls of where the energetic charge, negative energetic charge of that word can really have and really just have an open conversation about it. Um, and I think you are a great one, a perfect person as a trauma-informed coach to really demystify that and talk to us a little bit about what trauma means. I know in, in my journey, ever since my dad passed away or up until I guess my dad passed away, I never really experienced, for lack of a better word, big T trauma. And so I didn't realize the significance that a little T trauma can do or have or build up to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Or really things that I went through that were actually big T traumas that I didn't give enough credit around um oh my gosh this is gonna be such a juicy episode because things are already downloading right now <laughs> but we'll start we'll start what does trauma mean or look like to you and in your programs yeah so it's it's very hard to to define because trauma looks different for all of us and like you were already starting to get into there's big t trauma and there's little t trauma and it's such like a fine line to walk on to label exactly like what belongs in what category um but it's essentially just like any experience that we go to that causes us to like really shift in our behavior and it it honestly affects us down to our biology mm. like a lot of a lot of the hot topic right now is in nervous system regulation and like that plays a huge piece into it but honestly it's just some sort of major event that like really causes an effect on us mm -hmm. um it can look like something like i've already started dipping into sexual assault um you mentioned a uh, passing of a loved one like that those are examples of big t traumas but it can also branch off into like bullying, even like one comment that someone has ever made to you, that can be traumatic. Yeah. So it's it falls into so many different areas. And I, I don't ever want to say like, this is big T or this is not because right. to you, this could be something that's big T. This could be a huge impact on your life. And I'm calling it little T and then all of a sudden it's just like, um, mm. so it's, it, yeah, it can be, I really love it that. It can be very sensitive. Yeah. I really love that because I think one of the most powerful, uh, permission slips that I got was your trauma is really just all about your interpretation of whatever happened. And some people interpret things or take things a little bit harder than others. And um, my partner actually really put this in, he doesn't really talk about it in through the lens in terms of trauma, but he says there are certain things that you just don't have the emotional capacity to handle at the time that mm -hmm. they happened, which is what makes them so traumatic to you because you 
as a little kid, like comment then means so much versus like a grown adult who has gone through X, Y, and Z, like that comment isn't as traumatic to you as it was to you when you were seven years old, Right. but it was traumatic when you were seven years old. And so you need to heal that, that little seven-year-old version of you. And I really liked how he re- like framed it in like, you, there are certain things that happen in your life in different times that some point in your life you have the the emotional capacity to be able to not take personally or or handle uh respond to in the best way and then there's times where things happen and you just don't have the emotional capacity to really be able to hold or feel safe within which is what mm-hmm. causes that traumatic imprint yeah 100 percent. yeah and with that like not being able to hold it in the moment where it happened some people completely forget about their trauma and like i am one of those people that like it it was gone from my mind and it's so common that the conversations that i'm having with my clients and in workshops and just like through the grapevine it ends up being like people will come to me and be like i had a great childhood and like i i also had a great childhood and you can still experience trauma like yeah. shit. and you have like mm-hmm. you you have if you are alive right now like you have experienced trauma it's part of the human experience and condition i was even just saying like i didn't have mommy daddy issues i didn't have anything i wasn't yeah. in school like none of that and so all this weight that i carried on my shoulders of like what's wrong with me like why am i insecure why do i struggle with all of these things i could never understand or piece back to and like when I was just like introducing the podcast and what was like really coming up for me because you mentioned and kind of already opened this can of worms talking about sexual assault which I'm so grateful that you did um I definitely experienced something through that lens that I downplayed um and Mm-hmm. told myself the story that it wasn't traumatic and that it was my fault and held a lot of shame around and I think that's one of the biggest barriers that a lot of people face when it comes to actually healing is the personal responsibility that you are placing on yourself for what happened and the shame that you're holding which is the first barrier that you have to like get over to then even be able to heal the trauma itself in the first like heal the trauma itself um so I'd love to dive into this concept of shame I think that you speak on it so clearly um and something that because it's something that you've experienced as well around your own trauma that you've been through and yeah so what is shame let's talk let's start there so when we start getting into shame one of my favorite ways to start is just to talk about like the emotional spectrum in general Mm. um and if you haven't heard about the emotional spectrum um, or the emotional frequencies look up on google and look at the images because it'll show you just like the range of emotions and i'm sure your listeners are aware of this because of who you are yeah um but we are made up of energy and we carry a specific frequency with us and the emotions that we have also carry a frequency. So when we are experiencing these emotions, we align ourselves to the frequency of them when we're going through them. And when we don't process them, we just end up storing our emotions and we hold on to that frequency. And where shame 
falls. It's something that we call a lower vibrational emotion. There is no good or bad. I just want to make that clear. It's always comes down to our perception. Um, like one of the biggest revelations that I had was finding safety in my shame because mm. the more that I ran from it, the more that like the bigger that it got and mm. the more it just stayed with me. Um, and we can get into that too, but our emotions carry a, an emotional weight. Like they, they cause us our, our frequency to shift up or down. And when we don't process them, when we don't move through them, like they, they're not gone. It's not like right. they've just passed through us and then boom, done. If we're not, actively embodying and moving through them, then we're just holding on to them and they're lowering our frequency. And this is why so many people that are like depressed or struggle with really frequent anxiety, um, people who aren't doing anything to work through these things are sitting in a low frequency and they don't know it. They just think mm -hmm. that, you know, life is, life is heavy, life sucks life is really hard. And that's just because they have all these low vibrational emotions stored within us. And when we look at the frequency, shame is going to be more towards the bottom. It's a lower vibrational. But when we look at the higher vibrational emotions, it looking at the scale, it looks like a really massive jump to go from shame to love or from shame to peace. And I like this is why this work is so important and like i was saying finding safety in these emotions is so important because shame guilt fear um, resentment these are all really heavy and it's so important that we process them so that we can move higher up the scale um, especially when we come to find out about the law of duality Whereas mm. there is this existence of the equal opposite. So where we are sitting with shame and guilt and resentment and fear, whatever other lingering emotions that there may be, we're sitting down there for however long, maybe we know it, maybe we don't, maybe it's subconscious, but allowing us to actually experience it and just like sit with it and accept it so that we can release it. The release is what allows us to move into the equal opposite. So mm. you can catapult to the other end and you experience this insane high like you've never felt before. So yeah. there's so much value in each end. Yeah, that is so, so powerful. I read the book called Letting Go by David Hawkins, and he breaks down this emotional spectrum and basically how you can climb up the emotional ladder from lower vibrational emotions and shift from the lower vibration to higher vibration emotions. And for me personally, one of the, the, the my very first introduction to this power of release uh, started with releasing anger. I had a lot of anger around my dad's passing and like like you were saying the second that you release that anger I experienced the most incredible high of gratitude it was the like something I've never experienced before and I like brought it to my mentor I was like I did this like 
emotional release process that you just told me to do. I like wrote this mad ass letter. I burned it in a fire. I did all of this. I released yeah. it. I cried. I screamed in a pillow. I like had this rage session. And then after my rage, I was like, I literally like full body tingles of like gratitude. And mm. even to this day, so I was with the releasing anger, but even to this day, this, this law of duality, I am so passionate about because I, I think when we're talking about emotions, it sounds very similar to what I talk about a lot on the podcast and a lot of listeners probably have heard me talk about is like shadows is like these shadows you continue to run away from. It only makes them louder and mm-hmm. it only makes them heavier. Just like your emotions, you continue to run away from them. It only makes them heavier, harder to work through when you're actually able to face them and look at them and see the light side of that emotion or of that shadow find the gift of the shadow that's that's the power that's the healing that's the inner work yeah so I definitely experience that even to this day with like grief anytime I I see grief I don't see it as a bad thing like I used to I see grief as love every single time and so whenever I'm experiencing grief I'm like at the same time letting myself feel it because it's all the same emotion that is love just in in a different form and so it allows me to release and let go of the grief and step into love so that's really powerful and i'm glad that you brought up that emotional spectrum yeah and i want to make a point to what you were saying too what you were explaining with the release is like if you're unfamiliar with this work you're probably like what the fuck does that even mean like what do you mean release it like yeah i've i've dismissed it and it's not about the dismissal like you were saying you released it you felt it mm-hmm. you didn't just you weren't just like okay anger like i see you bye like mm-hmm. enough i'm done with this it's not the dismissal of the emotion it's literally going in and allowing it to express itself it's allowing anger to actually move in your body Mm. it's not pushing it away and saying i'm done feeling this it's allowing it to move through you allow yourself to fucking scream allow yourself to break something like let it shake it the fuck out because not only is this affecting our emotions like like i was saying like not only is it affecting our emotional frequency but like that energy is physical and it's stored in your body and it ends up being manifested into so many different things um like actual physical pain from carrying heavy emotions um but this work is something that like literally feeling it is what can help alleviate some of those other symptoms but yeah releasing it isn't just bye bitch it's allowing it to actually move through yeah and i think that that's that's a really powerful like um differentiation there between what release actually is and in order to truly let it go is to let the energy go and letting it flow and letting it go. Um, so if for anyone listening, um, who is maybe feeling like, I don't know if I am stuck in lower vibrational emotions, like, how do I know what were some of the signs for you even that you were struggling with shame or some of the things that you see within your clients that are just like these red flags. That's like, okay, there's some deeper work that needs to happen here. Hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, 
I think that when it's on a subconscious level, it's like so funny because looking back at my own journey, I am looking at my life and I'm like, oh yeah, of course she was depressed, but I had no fucking clue that I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. And like you were saying, sometimes you just need the permission slip to be like, to literally claim how you're feeling for me. I didn't want anyone to worry about me. I didn't want to be like, I was the, always the friend, like such a mentor. I was, I was always the friend that was there for everyone else. And I didn't want to be taken care of. I, yeah. I didn't want anyone to feel like sympathy for me in, in a way that feels like icky. Like I'm, I'm a burden in some way. I never wanted that. Um, But to your question, looking back, I recognize how numb I was. Mm -hmm. There was no super high excitement and there was no super low low. It was just kind of like, I was just kind of there and I was going through the motions of the same exact day, caring way too much about shit that did not matter. I was angry a lot of the times about just like, dumb shit i would be on my stories on on my snapchat stories like going off on a rant about some work thing that happened or somebody giving me the wrong look at a store like saying something to me at the store like i can distinctly remember like this woman giving me a look at target after i was done with a workout and me going on my story and ranting about it like what are you doing girl yeah (laughs) so it just like noticing the little signs of like on average how do you feel every single day mm-hmm. and it's okay to have lower days inevitable it's okay to have high high days inevitable like on average can you notice how you're feeling and if you can't can you start paying attention because even I have moments where I'm like, okay, I've been kind of sitting in nummy, nummy energy for the past couple of days. It's time to wake up and pay attention because that energy of like, not really being super excited, not really being happy, not really feeling low. It's avoidance. Yeah. It's avoidance. And once we can start paying attention, then we can start to notice what am I not willing to go move towards? What am I not willing to face? What am I not willing to accept? What am I actually unhappy with right now? What am I not acknowledging that I know I want to do, but I'm not doing? Yeah, that's sabotage. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally resonate to this numbness. That's definitely where I was. I was kind of just like on autopilot through my whole life. I I was like a robot sleeping through my life. Um, And I don't like to, I don't necessarily like to use sleepwalking because I was fucking bulldozing, but I was bulldozing with such like a blinders on numbness that I, to you, to your point, like I wasn't experiencing the high highs or the low lows. And I love that you brought up this idea of like one of the biggest barriers to actually being honest with yourself was that you didn't want to be a burden to other people. So you didn't want to share that you were struggling because you didn't want to be a burden. For me, I definitely never wanted to share the things that I went through or the things I was struggling with that I hid by myself for so long 
because I didn't want to seem like a failure or I didn't want to be vulnerable and be vulnerable in that way. Um, and also because I like kind of spun the situation and blamed myself for it. So uh, that was like a huge thing that was a big barrier for me of like actually being honest with what I was going through. And so I was experiencing mm-hmm. this numbness emotionally and I, I can one of the biggest places the biggest mirrors for me when I started doing the healing journey was like in my relationship I was in like a two and a half year relationship and I was like I've never felt like that kind of love that like I want to feel for like any of my relationships and that was like a huge red flag to me I was like why I like carried so much shame for that around myself like why am I someone who's not able to love deeply in the way that I desire to love because I know that I I know that I love this person but I don't like feel that like and I think it first started obviously with being able to love myself that way but it also started with releasing all the emotional baggage that I was carrying that was like blocking it yeah I that is such a huge mirror for me in my first relationship I was also with them. I was with them for three years throughout high school into our first year of college. It was his second year, my first year. And I distinctively remember I was sitting in my dorm room. We were doing like longer distance and it was Valentine's Day. And he sent me the sweetest poem, like such a great human. Like I have, I have all love for this person. And I literally read it and I was just like, I'm an asshole. Like I can't, I feel so guilty because this person loves me so much. And I just like, like, I know, I I know I love him, but I just like, there's something missing. Like yeah. there's, I, I know I love him, but I don't feel that I love him. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, which is such a difference. Yeah, it's I, I literally tell myself like I know that I love him, but am I like in love with him? And like yeah, that's that's the word that I would use because that's like the the fancy lingo that they you that you see like a Pinterest quote about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like no, that that was like, a huge <laughs> thing that was a red flag to me. Like my relationships have been such a mirror for me as far as like some of the things that I wasn't willing to like or able. Not not that I wasn't willing. I was so willing, but I didn't really know where to start or what to look for. And I love this idea of like just slowing down and paying paying attention mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you do to slow down and look internally? Okay, so journaling number one. Mm-hmm. She is she is my go-to girl. Like if you have never tried journaling, you're probably like what the fuck how do I journal and there's literally no rhyme or reason like it does not have to be cute it does not have to look a certain way pick up a notebook and grab a pen and just write whatever is in your mind and I Mm -hmm. promise you there is so much more than you think there's going on like if you can't figure it out like what's going on in there start by just like recapping your day and then go into like maybe physical sensations you're feeling in your body maybe writing about the resistance you have towards writing like <laughs> it's that it's that. that simple and watch just watch what the fuck comes out because once you can clear out the clutter that's just like scrambling around in your head you may call this anxiety once you can clear that mm-hmm. out 
and see what's actually going on underneath like it is gold babe it is gold so journaling 100 if you've tried journaling and it hasn't worked for you like you're avoiding something yeah <laughs> if you're not willing to go back in and write down like i wholeheartedly believe you're avoiding something yeah that is really powerful okay i i need i need to talk about this so let's talk about anxiety <laughs> let's talk about anxiety yeah. Um, because I feel like that is a label that we put over emotions that we're not actually able to face because it's easier to call them anxiety than it is to actually call them what they are or face yeah. what they are. Do you see that happen a lot or what's what's your take here? Yeah, 100%. I never have claimed like a mental health anything. Like I, I never claimed depression when I was depressed. But looking back, I can see I was experiencing depression. Um, I have experienced anxiety, but I never have said like, oh, my anxiety. And I think that there's so much power in that because I never have had like a serious quote unquote problem with anxiety or depression. Like they were moments in my, with anxiety more so like scattered, but Anxiety to me is avoidance also, like <laughs> avoidance is huge. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of power. Like if you can disconnect from the identity of having a mental health, anything, even ADHD, I think that that will fucking shift everything for you. Like stop claiming these things that are debilitating you. Yeah, I think I think my wheel started turning on that actually listening to a podcast that you and Morgan did. Um, because even yeah, for me, I love like, that one. Yeah. Even for me, like my, my diagnosis of my eating disorder was a permission slip that I needed to actually get help. Like I needed that diagnosis, mm -hmm. but without identifying with it. Um, and I think because I didn't identify with it, it's what it allowed me to 180 so quickly, but I needed that diagnosis. And sometimes I think we need the permission slip of the diagnosis of what you're struggling with, like ADHD or depression or anxiety for you to actually now take action to go help. But again, without identifying it with it, because once you identify with it, then it becomes a part of you where then it, you sit into like this victim mode with it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that potentially your take on this of not saying my anxiety or my depression and seeing it as from like this outsider's perspective, um, is that how you approach your relationship with shame to start feeling safe with shame? Because to me, that's how I have really been able to approach any thought, belief, emotion, part of myself that otherwise felt uncomfortable was not seeing it as almost like this thing that I could pull out and tangibly hold and feel safe holding, not allowing to define or consume me. Yeah. And this is also something that I worked through with like claiming my trauma. Yeah. I, I needed the permission slip to be able to say that this was traumatic for me to process and move through it. Like I spent my entire life disconnected from it and being like, no, nothing i'm good yeah <laughs> let's not go there but yeah. then once i did like the amount of power that i like ignited within myself by being able to claim it like it's it's choosing how you identify it like there is yeah there is so much power that comes through and being able to say like 
yeah, this is mine, but like not holding on to it and like putting it in your backpack and making it part of you for the rest of your life. The, the two major breakthroughs that I had in my healing journey was being able to find peace and safety in shame and also being able to find safety in peace itself Mm. because i the first the first part for me that came was finding safety in my shame and allowing myself to move through it but then i sat in it yeah i sat in it for way too long and i was looking for so many ways because like i love playing detective and being like okay, why do I do this? Like, where did this come from? Like I got stuck in trying to figure out what was wrong all the time that I fell into lack. And I was always looking for what was wrong or what caused what, instead of looking at it as like, well, look at this amazing trait that I have now, or that's a completely separate rabbit hole. But, um, actually finding safety in the peace like that i literally one of my friends had told me that that was like a little tidbit from her therapist that she sent my way and i was just sobbing like fully sobbing just like whoa i can feel positive emotions and i can sit in positive emotions i don't have to and i'm saying positive but i'm i'm more so mean um high vibrational emotions so yeah it's it really comes down to like how you identify with it and can you move through it and not hold on to it and make it a part of you like you are you are separate from what you feel and going back to an eating disorder or depression or anxiety mental health um i don't want to call it an issue mental health problems I, I don't know yeah whatever you want to call it yeah yeah sure um can you take a diagnosis and can you find your power from it right instead yeah. of making it a part of who you are forever like I promise you if you have a mental health diagnosis if you have been diagnosed as clinic clinically depressed we all experience depression we mm-hmm. all experience anxiety. We all experience ADHD on a level. I'll even go as far as saying like, we all have a pinch of autism somewhere. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just like, how far are you willing to go in your claim? Mm. Yeah, and I think even beyond the diagnosis, it's like any pain, any pain is where you will find your power and your purpose. It doesn't have to be a diagnosis, but anything that you go through, any type of pain is where that can be found and harnessed. And I wanted to, I wanted to expand on this idea where you felt like you had your pain and you were able to finally admit to it and see it and sit in it, but then you felt stuck in it and you felt like you needed to find answers and connect, continue to connect the dots. I so resonate with that, especially on my eating disorder, the amount of years that I spent trying to figure out what the root cause was when like, who the fuck cares? Like, 
yes there were things from my past that i needed to heal but i didn't need to get to like this is the one root cause reason (laughs) why i struggle with me like there is not that there is not that and the more that i tried to find that the more rabbit holes that i like created for myself oh it may have been this it may have been this it may have been this and then i was just creating this whole story for myself and Mm -hmm. i think that uh you speak on this a lot is that's my issues with the therapy type of approach is it's continuing to Mm -hmm. dig into your past and so for someone who is you know resonating with our conversation and is feeling like there are things in their past that they have struggled with um first of all what would you say to someone who can't target something in their past that they have struggled with and Mm -hmm. then secondly if someone is able to recognize oh yes this this is a place from my past that i'm holding on to low vibrational emotions such as shame how do they now create safety with that to start healing okay so first if you can't identify what it could possibly be that's okay like it it'll come eventually mm-hmm. or maybe it won't i think that we we dipped into this a little bit but like shadow work is important and can be so helpful but like don't get stuck in it don't be obsessed with it and that's the mistake that i made was becoming so obsessed with it that i was just constantly looking for the why but it's like why do you need it yeah it's a tool but like you don't absolutely need it if you can find some whys it may help you it may give you the boost forward it may add up to some of the missing puzzle pieces but like instead let's just take what we have like meet yourself where you're at and can you move forward in that way yeah I think that's what you I'm don't talking. yeah you don't need the big why we all it, I'll, I'll tell you if you're someone who can't target something your core wound is probably that you're not good enough yeah and we can all find a million and one reasons why we feel that way what may have caused that but like i swear in every conversation that i have like it always comes back to i'm not good enough for whatever the fuck reason that's all of our core wounds so if you can just like continue to disprove that to yourself because you can prove that you're not good enough in a million and one ways and you can prove it on the other end that you absolutely are good enough like we're here on earth as human beings. Like your existence alone is a fucking miracle. Mm -hmm. So just as easily as you can prove something to be wrong or bad, like you can also prove it to be good. Yeah. What was the second piece of your question? Second piece, I love that. First of all, I totally, that is my vision and take. And really that comes from my own mentorship of like, sometimes she would ask me questions and I'd be like, I'd sit there for two to three minutes, like thinking, and I'd be like, honestly, like, I don't really know the first time I experienced that or felt that way. And she's like, I remember the first time she said, that's fine. We don't have to figure it out. Stop digging. We don't need to dig. We don't need to figure it out. We just need to know that right now, this is what you're experiencing. And this is how we're going to move through it right here, right now to let go of it in the future. And when she gave me that permission to be like, you don't need to dig, like, Yes, there are things in your past that we need to heal for sure, but we don't need to sit in there, that. We don't need, mm-hmm. like, we don't need to create um, larger issues 
or larger barriers or challenges or just make something up because we feel like we need to heal something from our past. We say that this like minuscule thing that wasn't actually traumatic, like made you feel some type of way. So yeah, I love that. Definitely resonate with that. Um, second question was, okay, someone is able to feel like, like I can remember when this thing that I, this like sexual, traumatically sexual experience that I went through um, was something that I never told a single ounce or single soul until I started healing at the end of 2022. And yeah, end of 2022. And it was something that was like replaying in my mind every time I'd hop on the call with my mentor, but I wouldn't share. I wouldn't open up about it. And eventually I did. And um, safety was one of the largest, biggest number one things that needed to be brought to that conversation. So for anyone who is like, yes, there is something from my past that is kind of playing in my mind right now or showing up for me while I'm listening to this conversation, how do they go about creating safety? As you mentioned and started this conversation off with is create safety within your shame. How do they go about doing that? Mm, I think that a lot of my safety came from like having a safe person who... Mm made it okay for me to feel the way I was feeling because as much as there is like it comes down to the relationship with yourself like it absolutely does and if you were meant to be on this planet alone you would be but you're not and connection is a basic ask human need like we are here to connect with others it's part of the human experience it's why we're here so find somebody who can help you be a safe person and I know I know that sometimes when we look for support we maybe feel like someone doesn't have the resources like always ask somebody if they have the space to hold something that could be potentially heavy or triggering um but it's also finding somebody who's not just gonna like sit there and sit in it with you Like something that I don't ever want to create with my clients is a trauma bond where we just sit and we fucking bond off of each other's like, oh, I went through this. I went through this. And like, let's all cry about it. Like we're here to find the power. We're here to rewrite the narrative. We're here to flip the script. So I think finding somebody who can be a safe person for you and talk to, whether that's a parent or a mentor or a friend, if it's a therapist, okay. Um, yeah, finding somebody who you can talk about it, talking about it will create so much safety because right now the only perspective, if you've not spoken about it yet, the only perspective that you have right now is your own and you don't know how to feel about it. It's like this story that you're building that it's scary and it's unknown and it's like touchy. Mm -hmm. It's touchy and it may feel like bad so being able to let it out and express can help give you the permission to actually feel to actually move through it and to for someone to just literally tell you like it's so normal to feel the way you're feeling yeah that's where i would start yeah and like i'm a testament to that like literally speaking up using my voice sharing what I went through and how I was feeling and having someone say 
like you're allowed to feel that way just like thank you like I didn't think I was because I didn't think it was bad enough or I was holding on to my own blame for what was what was happening and for someone to say like that should never have happened to you but it did and you're worthy of feeling the way that you are and we're going to work through it together was oh my gosh like gave me the liberation that I needed and uh you know, the safety as well. So I, uh, I love this. And I feel like the conversation is going exactly where I wanted it to, because <laughs> there's something that I read on your Instagram as I was like stalking and preparing for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And you said, you said, I've made it my mission to be the voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. So for someone who does feel voiceless, what would you say to her? Maybe it's the version of yourself in the past who felt voiceless. Yeah, I my mind went directly to baby Cass because in my experience, this was something that was a secret that I kept for more than 15 years. It was something that like at first my body hid from me, but then it was something that I was like, no, no, we're not going there. Mm. Um, and for the women or the men or whoever, who are afraid to speak up, like know that what pain does and what trauma does, actually what society does about these things is they tell us that they're wrong and they're scary and they're bad and they need to be hid and kept away. Like, hush, hush, let's not talk about this because like, what will people think? What will people think of you? Mm -hmm. It might make them think that you're lesser or whatever the bullshit stories are that society tells us about these things. And we think that because we've been through a traumatic experience that we are now isolated. We literally remove ourselves and are like, this has only ever happened to me. I can't let anybody know. And I don't want anyone to know that this has happened to me. And we put ourselves in the space of isolation. But what we don't realize when we are in that state and that state is victimhood, it's self-blame, it's like this this hiding and avoidance. Um, When we sit there, we're powerless. And your trauma, your experience has all the power. And a lot of cases, that's like somebody else having power over you. When your power is there and when we can actually open up, when we can express, when we can feel, when we can release, forgive, move through it, it's actually what fucking connects us. We think it's what sets us apart, but it's my vulnerability is recognizing your vulnerability, whether it's the same experience, a similar experience or something completely different. I see you because I have been through this. I can resonate because I've been through this. Mm -hmm. Like we're all carrying something. And if you allow yourself to be seen in it, like that is what will connect you. The people that I have the closest relationships with know the most about me and i'm sure you feel the same way as like 
I'm closest with these people because they see me in my darkest times. They see me in my brightest times and they love me for all of it. Yeah. And like, that's the key. We hide from that, but that's literally the key. Like you connect so much easier when you just like, let it be seen. Seen like that is such a theme for me. It's like being seen, being seen at all. And I can completely resonate to this this release of the isolation that I felt. And I think that's something that I've experienced so powerfully in the, throughout 2023 is going to these different retreats and connecting with other women and being shamelessly my myself and shamelessly sharing what I've been through and what has happened to me and having people say, Oh my gosh, um, this happened to me too. This is how this happened to me. This is, and again, a little bit of trauma bonding, but at the same time, it like removes you from the isolation. And we were in such a safe space to actually like move through those things, move through the emotions that were coming up at the time. It was just, yeah, just such a powerful experience. And I think just a really good reminder that you shared here of using your voice is what's going to bring you the connections that you need to feel less alone in what you're going through. And when you feel less alone is when you can take your power back and get out of that victim seat mode. Yeah. And it's totally okay to be like, me too. It's totally okay to resonate and to like, let people know that, Hey, I also have identified with that or also have a similar experience. Like that is what allows us to create some safety and like, well, I'm not the only one. Um, but it's like, can we, can we build something beyond yeah, just this? Like, Hey, I've also been through this and like, let's sit in it. And that is like the, the piece of therapy. And I, I know you mentioned this a little bit, so I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that we have a similar we do. connection. We do, girl. I, we do. <laughs> um, but like, I've had clients that are, have been in therapy for fucking years. Like I have a couple girlfriends who like, as long as I can remember, they've been in therapy and they feel the same way. And I've had clients that have been in therapy for years and we work together for three months, three months, and they're cutting their time in therapy in half. They're getting off antidepressants. They're getting off anti-anxiety. And like, it's part of that is like, yeah, toot my own horn, but also it's like, can we not just sit and talk about it? Can we actually integrate? Can we move through other shit? Can we face head on instead of dancing around it like there are there's a a different way to go about it yeah yeah it's not just talking in circles oh my gosh i can resonate so much and i mean i i tried there being i i tried it and and it just wasn't for me and i don't think that means that it's not for everyone but yeah i i totally feel like there's a lot of missing tools that you don't get to experience in therapy that are so healing and so powerful integration being one of them that you shared that is kind of like a really missing piece and for me and likely for you well I know for you because of the conversations we've had off of screen is you know we work with high achieving women who you are in this place you are ready to claim your power you know you know deep down that you have the power. You just have all of this like baggage, like hanging over it or on top of it, all these layers that need to peel back. And I find that being in this high achiever archetype, for lack of a better word or phrase, that 
the therapy approach doesn't isn't the most conducive to your vision or your um personality or mm. values i guess is probably the best word for it mm. yeah i think it can be so helpful for some people and like i think it's a really good tool and i think that if you're in therapy then at least be doing something for integration as well like i know some people who have like their work your their therapists give them like action steps and that's like great hell yeah, yeah. um but if you don't have that like seek them out yeah like, what what can you also be doing besides just like talking in a circle because yeah something that I'm starting to introduce and have found like this has been such a missing puzzle piece for me is the somatic piece of mm -hmm. this work is like I mentioned before this is also in our bodies because it's energy it's what we're made up of and so that shit is trapped so even if we've talked about it like you're still kind of moving the same so can we move different yeah. <laughs> can we do something different can we move the energy actually out Girl, breath work has fucking rocked my world, changed my life, like somatics through and through. So I actually have it on my 2024 goals to become some sort of like somatic breath work. Coming to you in February. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I, I really love that. And you, you said it perfectly. It's stored not just in our minds, but also in our bodies. And one of the things that I really learned a lot from you and Cam in the mindset movement, just in the little things that I dabbled in from an outsider's <laughs> perspective, was aligned action and the power of aligned yeah. action. And to me, healing is not the conversation you have with your therapist. Healing is just like eating healthy and working out. It's just done yeah. for your mind and your soul and your energy that it needs to be something that you practice on a consistent daily basis. If you actually want to see progress and change in, you're not going to yeah. work out once a week and expect your body to change. You can't go to therapy once a week and expect your mind to change. Yeah. So amazing. So powerful. 100%. This was such a good, this was such a good conversation. And I'll kind of like wrap it up here because it we're we're getting a little long, but um, hopefully it was a permission slip for any of you guys out there um, who may feel like you're stuck in these lower vibrational emotions and um, how to really start to work through them. I like to close off all of my episodes with two very important conversations or questions. Yeah. The first one being Cass, you are on the 1% Woman podcast and I asked you to be on here because I see you as 1% Woman, but I would love to hear from you. What does a 1% Woman mean to you thank you thank you um i think being a one percent woman is moving different and mm. being able to recognize fear and also not let it be what stands in your way i think that a lot of people think that to be one percent you need to be fearless, but it's not about being fearless. No one is fucking fearless. Yeah. All of all of your mentors, all of your idols, anyone you look up to feels fear. And the difference between where they're at and where you're at is that they're moving anyways. Mm -hmm. They're feeling the fear and they're moving forward. They're making moves that don't fucking make sense, but they're just trusting it. 
And so I think being able to move different and trust yourself are the two major things that are play a key role in being 1% woman. Yeah. And I think it takes a special woman with a special vision to have the courage and the resilience to do that and move in that way. And that's why I wanted to create a movement for this is because oftentimes we are a little bit different than the average person who is willing to be delusional in the way that we move and live our life. So amazing. And secondly, as we are transitioning into 2024, wrapping up 2023, yeah. what does it look like for you in this current season of your life to embody a 1% woman? How are you embodying a 1% woman right now? Yeah. Cool. I, I like this question too. It puts the pressure on of like, yeah. what are you, so what are you doing? Yes. Um, I'm making commitments to myself and I am choosing to rise in 2024. There have been pieces of my journey in 2023 and even before that I recognize myself playing small and letting myself playing small. So already for 2024, I have invested in myself, invested in my business. I have that set up. I am taking action on the things that I've been saying that I'm going to do that Mm. I have not been fucking doing. And we're done with that yeah we're done with that we're not going anywhere with that bullshit so i'm i'm committing to myself is what i'm doing and that's what a woman woman does she she commits to herself regardless regardless um so i'm excited to see what that brings for you for 2024 i know that big things are coming your way thank you yeah all right well all of your information will be in the show notes below but if there's anything that you want to plug where people can find you um, feel free to do that now. Really just Instagram is going to be the best way to find me. So Gabby will have it linked. It's at underscore Cassie Kovacs. Um, the, there's a verified account. Don't follow that one. She's, <laughs> she's dead. Um, yeah. If you are resonating with this, like do not hesitate to reach out. I, I love to connect and I love to hear from you. So Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing all of your wise wisdom and experience going through all of this deep inner work. I was so I loved it. healing. I loved it so much. Thank you so much. Of course. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in today's episode. I apologize that my mic quality was a little bit shitty. I promise I will work on that for the next guest episode, but Regardless, hope that you guys got something out of today's episode. If you did, please make sure that you share this with someone that you know needs to hear it. Go follow Cassie. Go reach out to Cassie. Give this episode a five-star review. Comment below. Uh, We love to connect with you and would love to hold a safe and sacred space for any of you if this did bring up something that you want some additional support on. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always, to the 1% Woman podcast, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.